You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Monday edition, the legal tampering period. I guess it's not tampering anymore if it's legal to... They're negotiating, the 48-hour negotiating window before free agency officially, officially opens and ink can go to paper Wednesday. Uh, we're recording this noon Eastern Monday, so the, the window just opened. So I have a feeling as soon as we stop recording, a whole bunch of stuff's going to happen. We'll have it all covered for you every day here, uh, all of the latest news. And we're, I'm keeping tabs and, and we'll see if there's any massive free agency moves that do come down while we're recording here. There are a few moves that happen prior to the window opening here. And... Here we go. A text from Bucks linebacker Shaq Barrett to Josina Anderson. Quote, I'm going back to Tampa. So there's, wow. one. there's one as we are live recording on the air that uh, we have no details, no contractual numbers there. But looks like Shaq Barrett going to stay with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Your thoughts on this Monday tampering window opening period, Matt, on the first big move. I guess we got to react to that one. Uh, that, that just happened a second ago as first I heard that. Um, my initial thoughts are people want to play for Tampa. I mean, this has been a Tom Brady trend throughout his career. Winning, winning rings is nice. Arians has always been a player-friendly coach as well. You got the Florida tax situation. But kudos to the Bucs for getting their three major guys all sealed up before free agency really starts and Shaq Barrett, Levante David and putting the franchise tag on Chris Godwin. So now you have some four nets and sues and things like that. What happens to AB? I imagine Gronk will be back. But all in all, they're set to run it back and, you know, add a, a bunch of draft picks as well. And, you know, they look like a pretty similar team. Good work. All part of the pan plan, trying to bring them all back. I did not think, I mean, they were on the high of a post-Super Bowl victory during the parade and everybody saying that oh, we're going to bring them back. Jason Light and Bruce Arians, you're not going anywhere. And it's looking like the, the plan is happening right. right now for Tampa and they're making that happen. And I wonder why Shaq Barrett waited until five minutes into the negotiating window. I guess his phone didn't ring quick enough. He said, okay, I'll go back to the Tampa Bay Bucks then instead of making something happen uh, the week leading up to it. But interesting, Shaq Barrett, one big-time pass rusher, now off the market. Still a ton of edge guys on the market this offseason, which is interesting. Yeah, it is. And I think he is very real. You, you may have said he's a big-time edge rusher. I agree with you. I mean, I think that... Um, some people looked at his first season when he had 19 or 19 and a half sacks or whatever and thought, well, that's a little fluky. And it probably will be his high watermark for his career, but I think he is a big-time edge rusher. All right. I, I want to react with some of the other deals that happened prior to free agency, um, and, and we'll obviously keep tabs on things that are happening right now as this window has opened. But let's talk about Drew Brees first. That's, I think that's probably the biggest news pre-free agency. And then the rest of the show could be about free agency and some of the signings that have happened. Zeitler, Juszczyk, and some others around the NFL. How do you feel about the New Orleans Saints right now? Okay, the Brees era is officially over. Drew Brees has retired. We know that Drew Brees is going into the, the Hall of Fame the soonest possible moment he can. And his legacy, we've already talked about that, thinking he would retire. That is official. Since free agency has begun, I'm thinking what are 
the first moves for the Saints, knowing that Drew Brees is going to be gone. They have Taysom Hill under contract. They added a bunch of voidable years when in doing all that cap magic the Saints are to try to get under the cap. Is it worth the money to spend on someone like Jameis Winston to have a veteran quarterback there? Or do you go the cheaper route and you go with the draft and try to go with some younger rookie quarterbacks with Taysom Hill and, and get cheaper and younger at that position? Now, here's my prediction again, noon on Monday. Um, I think the tea leaves are really leading towards Winston getting signed. Maybe by the time we get back together, you know, a, a day from now and him and Taysom Hill having a true competition at the quarterback position. A couple notes there. I mean, they franchised Marcus Williams. They moved on from a couple guys that we knew they would, Emmanuel Sanders, those type of guys. Um, but my thoughts are they have no intentions of, quote, rebuilding. They're in it to win it. I just think that's how that organization is wired. Um, I'm not sure. I'm a Winston guy still. You know, I, I think, you know, a little bit of Lasix, you know, a little bit of reeling them in from Peyton, a little bit of learning from Breeze. I think he can be a pretty potent quarterback in that system if brought along properly. And they're rolling back the same offensive line, healthy Michael Thomas, Kamara. I could absolutely see their first round pick being Terrence Marshall or Bateman or Tony or somebody like that. And I think Troutman fills in a tight end. And that defense is already pretty strong. So I think the Saints uh, um, uh, ridiculously avoided a massive pitfall with this uh, salary cap situation. And they're in pretty good shape for what they're going to put on the field. They've, they've had a chance to see Jameis Winston now. And so they have a huge advantage there. He could be somebody that you're signing a four or five million dollar, you know, contract backup type of contract to. If that's the case, he could produce well above that for you. And if they've seen right. him play and they believe in him, I think that's almost the way you have to go there. And you're right, this is still a very good team that plans on winning. My other thought though is if they're kind of lukewarm on Jameis, they've been one of the most aggressive teams in the NFL trading up. And and actually, there was a mock draft today by Brad Spielberger at Pro Football Focus, and we've had him on the show. He's a former uh, OverTheCap.com guy, so yeah, a cap good. expert, and he really tried to get into the mind of how teams operate. And teams that trade up a lot, he had them trading up. Teams that trade down a lot, he had them trading down in his mock draft. So it was interesting to see through that lens, through, through sort of a capologist lens of what the NFL draft looks like and trends for certain teams. And he had a nice nugget in there about the Falcons, who are the— second have moved up the second most times over the course of the last 10 years. And there is some, you know, crossover there in those front offices between um, new Orleans and Atlanta, but the new Orleans saints have moved up the most in the NFL draft. They've traded up 13 times in the last 10 drafts and they've moved down zero times. What about the saints moving up from late round one into the teens to draft one of those top five quarterbacks that might be sliding a little bit. What about that move for an aggressive organization that is trying to keep it going, but also trying to stay young at the same time and maybe compete with uh, a a rookie quarterback by the end of his rookie season, maybe. I can see it. Um, When there was less, less, um, excitement about Mac Jones when the, the draft process was early. A lot of people had them taking Mac mm-hmm. Jones you know, and staying put. And I think that would be a really good fit. And somebody Peyton would love of get it out of your hands quick, you know, read one, read two, read three, boom, 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 you know, quick processor. 
Um, I'm sure he wouldn't mind having an athlete either. You know, he's obviously uh, flirted with Taysom Hill, and if he could have a blend of the two, and if that's Trey Lance or somebody like that, yeah, maybe. Um, they're aggressive. I mean, so I, I would not dispute it. Probably have to fall to a certain point that's unlikely. Yeah. At least into the early teens. Like, say, and incidentally, one of the teams that's moved down the most is the Minnesota Vikings. Could they get all the way up to 14 right in front of the Patriots if Mac Jones or Trey Lance is still on the board? That then would, I think you're talking, yeah. Yeah, that would probably be, it would have to be the team. It, the, a quarterback would have to slide enough. They're not going to go. I, they could, but unlikely they go all the way up to, say, pick six or seven. No, uh, I tend to think Winston's going to be the starter this mm-hmm. year, but uh, I wouldn't put it past them. More free agent moves before this negotiating window opened. A couple of contracts to talk about here, and then we'll get into anything else that happens live. Uh, and there is a new one that I've got for you here, Matt, that just came down from Ian Rappaport. So this is Jeez. fun. I like the live news breaking as we're recording this podcast. Fun stuff. Day tough, one. Tough time catching up with the old news over the weekend. If these things know, are happening same, so fast. Same here. Day one, free agency negotiating window on Peacock and Williamson. With free agency underway, I wonder how that will change the odds for the next Super Bowl champion. And you can find those odds at betonline.ag. NFL draft props, college football futures as well. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball obviously will be huge all summer long. But March Madness, I mean, we are in the thick of it. March Madness is happening right now. The next few weeks, college basketball rules, sports world, and the betting world. And it is so much fun. Not only sports, but poker, table games, awards shows, TV shows, reality television, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Go to betonline.ag, use your mobile device or your computer, sign up today, receive 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on for 50% off welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, Matt, this from Ian Rappaport, the Lions and pass rusher. So two pass rushers now off the board uh, as we get going here in day one of free agents tampering or teams tampering with free agents, I should say, legally. Uh, The Lions and pass rusher Romeo Okwara are staying together as Okwara has agreed to a three-year deal worth $39 million, source said. After a career year with 10 sacks, Okwara wants to make Detroit his home 13 mil per for three years for Romeo Aquara. Interesting. I mean, his brother's on the team who they drafted. Romeo was undrafted and blew up last year. Really long. Um, it's funny. We mentioned him and Shaq Barrett kind of in the same breath that they both kind of, kind of quote came from nowhere a year apart. And I think both of them are legit NFL pass rushers. I, I, I think it was on this show a week or two ago, his name popped up and I said, don't be shocked when he signs a huge contract and you don't really know who he is, you know, listeners out there and say, wow, who's who's buying in on this guy? Because he is an ascending player that I like a lot. So I like this quite a bit for Detroit. Did this just make a lot more money for guys that are willing to change teams? Matthew Judon, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, maybe. maybe, maybe made their, their pockets a little bit richer by those teams staying put? Probably. Those- you know, like all of a sudden you're the Jets and you have a ton to spend and you're going to get an edge rusher in this class. Well, two of them are gone now. You know, if you had seven, you had your eyes on now there's five. Well, eh, now it's a little tougher. 
By the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars do have the most money coming into today. It's Jaguars, Jets, Patriots, and I just lost the information because I've got too much going on and I've got a thousand tabs. Indies are high on the list too. Colts, that's what it is. Colts is actually yep, second. Yep. It's Jaguars, Colts, Jets, Patriots in that order for the yep. teams with the most to spend there. So those teams can all do just about use an edge whatever rusher. they want. And they can all use an edge rusher, absolutely. Yeah. How about this? Andy Dalton, this one from Josina Anderson. Andy Dalton in talks with the Cowboys. I would have thought Andy Dalton would want his would want out of there now that they, for sure they've got their starting position figured out with Dak Prescott, but he's coming off an injury. Um, the quote here is, if the money works out, but the source added on Andy Dalton, I think he's entertaining other offers to start. Well, nobody's going to sign Dalton to be a starter, right? So you have to find the best opportunity to back up where you could sneak in, in there and start some games. Would that be... Dallas, maybe Dak's recovery is slow and you get uh, a few starts at the beginning of the season, potentially. Uh, you know, he's a Texas guy, so that would make some sense. There's no other clear paths to start. Maybe one of these teams that's drafting a rookie is where you would want to go if you're someone like Andy Dalton and you have your pick of stopgap destinations. Yeah, I, I, I don't get that. I mean, unless... I'm putting words in Andy Dalton's mouth, but unless he goes to Dallas and says, I consider this home, I'm very happy, I'm very content to be a backup, maybe I can be the opening day starter if Dak's not ready, I'll take 50% less than I would get on the open market. I don't know why Dallas would entertain this. I mean, I know just a year ago they signed him when Dak was healthy, and boy, he's a great backup, but... They have bigger fish to fry. And how much money can you put into your quarterback room? Then it still makes any sense. You know, like that doesn't mm. add up to me. Why not? And I'm not, I'm not saying Andy Dalton's not competitive, but if, if he takes a deal like that, as opposed to just hanging around and waiting for Denver or Chicago or something like that, I'll kind of look at it. Like, I don't think he really wanted to compete for a starting job. Yeah. And look, I don't think he's going to sign anytime soon. I know Joe is getting a lot of stuff from a lot of mm. agents on this I mean, obviously, this is probably the most... Uh, you just got to leave your phone plugged in, basically. You can't unplug it because of how much those phones are blowing up from people who are breaking news from agents, from from those types today. So just throwing everything out there, I'm sure. I Andy Dalton is the exact type of player this offseason specifically that I think has hurt the most. Teams aren't going to want to spend on backup quarterbacks. I, haven't, I have to imagine, no. uh, unless he's willing to take a very low salary early on in the process for a team that wants to lock up a backup quarterback or a stopgap type, he's going to be waiting for a job until after the draft, third wave free agents, and, and probably take even less than most backup quarterback contracts usually are in the NFL. I'm talking, you know, maybe max three million, more like, you know, two, two and a half million, something like that for Andy Dalton, where in the past we've seen backup quarterbacks get eight, nine million in some cases. Yeah, I was just a little rough on Andy, but if this would go down, maybe that will be a very strong indicator that quarterbacks of his ilk will just take a one-year deal, not move his family, stay where they're at, very comfortable situation, wait for the cap to go up next year, whether he plays a down or not this year, and just reassess things then. I mean, that might just be the right move if you're Somebody like him, even an Alex Smith, or I mean, there's probably a long list of those guys. We Jacoby Brissett that we could come up with. That if somebody offers you a deal that you think's below market, take it now, one year deal, and then revisit it in a year. That makes some sense. 
I, I, there's going to be some massive bargains in the second, third wave free yeah. agency. I have a feeling, and, and maybe backup quarterbacks are going to be those. Um, Kyle Uschek signed a five-year, twenty-seven million dollar contract with the 49ers this weekend. And he went from being the highest paid fullback in the NFL to still being the highest paid fullback in the NFL, a little over $5 million per year. But I think only $10 million of it is guaranteed. So it's looking like it's probably a two-year contract that the 49ers can get out of if they want to. Luxury. It's a luxury item for a player who plays about 50% of the snaps. But Kyle Shanahan does use his fullback more than any team in the league. And he can do a lot for Kyle Shanahan's sort of positionless offense. So I'm not surprised they re-signed him. Uh, I... I personally wouldn't be spending $5 million a year on a fullback in this offseason, but of course, the 49ers feel like he's very important to the way they operate on the offensive side of the football, and he can do a lot for your team. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan obviously loves the guy and wanted him back. So that deal is done. Does that hurt their opportunity to spend on Trent Williams, who's going to get probably $20 million from somebody, and maybe the Chiefs are the newest team in on that guy? Yeah, I do think Chiefs and Colts are your big competition for Trent Williams. I'm not going to do battle with you on San Fran stuff. I mean, obviously that's your baby, but I can't imagine Shanahan being okay with losing Juszczyk. You know, I mean, you said he's a luxury. Man, I don't know. I mean, I think he's a foundational piece for what they do. And when he's in there or when he's healthy, not to the degree of Kittle, of course, but those two to me are as important as just about anybody in the whole offense. I think he is somewhat important. He's not on the field every down, which is one aspect right. of it. Fullbacks are not that hard to find. I think you can find an H back, a tight end. You go two tights. You can find somebody who's good and that can block a little bit. They can catch a little bit. And a lot of times, because Kyle Shanahan so good at scheming people open, a lot of the catches use check makes, there's not a defender within 20 yards. Is that on no, his check or is that on Kyle Shanahan getting him open? Like he catches the ball. I think the biggest aspect of it is when he's on the field, he can run block for you. He can catch. The defense has to play you straight up because they don't know what you're going to do. For another team that has a fullback in the game, you're like, well, I know what they're doing because they've got a fullback and he's not a, a pass catching weapon. For the 49ers, they can deploy pretty much any play in Shanahan's playbook with a fullback on the field. I think that is why Shanahan likes having him so much, not even so much that he's such a weapon when the ball's in his hands. Right. And and you said that better than I did is you can manipulate what defensive personnel you get. I mean, if you have Mostert, you check Kittle and two receivers, you're probably going to get a base three, three, four or four, three. And he, you're getting used check on a big, heavy, dumb middle linebacker. You know what I mean? Like you're going to find mismatches. And if you don't have a big, dumb, heavy middle linebacker on the field, then the Niners can run on you. And they're one of the right. best running teams in the NFL. So from yeah. that aspect, I totally get it. And, and he's still a fullback. And even though he's the highest paid fullback in the league, it's still only $5 million. So it's not like it's going to crush you cap-wise if you are spending high on a fullback. But if you are, all of a sudden, now you have a, an expensive running back, an expensive tight end, an expensive quarterback, and an expensive left tackle, it starts to get a little bit more difficult. So you've got to pay a little bit less somewhere. Well, where will that be for the 49ers? We'll find out. But Kyle Juszczyk is back in-house. Okay, next I want to talk about Zeitler's new deal with the Baltimore Ravens, which I actually love, and any other breaking news on this day one negotiating period for the 2021 offseason. The sweetest 16 is underway at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com, find the Built Bar Madness Bracket today's matchup, Toffee Almond versus Mint Brownie. 
I'm personally keeping an eye on these matchups coming up here in the Sweet 16 round of Peanut Butter versus Coconut Puff and Peanut Butter Brownie versus Coconut Almond because there has been massive fights going on with the Locked On hosts about which flavors are being disrespected more, the peanut butter or the coconut. We'll find out and you can vote at BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. And you can get 15% off your next box of Built Bars with promo code LOCKED15. So vote for your favorite Built Bar flavor for Built Bar Madness. And remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bars. So a couple of deals I want to get into here, Matt, that happened before free agency started. One I haven't mentioned at all, which is a pretty big one, is Aaron Jones staying put in Green Bay with the Packers on a four-year deal. Yeah, I thought that... I didn't think this one would happen, to be very honest, especially after they didn't franchise him, which that didn't come as a huge shock. I just thought the Dolphins or the Jets would offer Jones a ton of money. You know, just, hey, we're going to have a young quarterback. We want to make life easy with a multi-purpose back. And I'm, I, I, my hunch is Jones is very happy in Green Bay. Why would you not be? I mean, great sports town and you're a winning organization. And that combination of Dylan and Jones is lethal. I assume that means Jamal Williams will be playing elsewhere, but I kind of thought it'd be Williams and Dylan that the writing was on the wall. But I think it's a pretty aggressive move by Green Bay to show the world that, hey, we're, we still think we're a big-time contender, which, of course, they should. And even some of the ways Jones was treated throughout his career and the resources they had put in, you know, drafting another running back and I kind of felt like there was something there where they didn't love his work ethic or something. I, I just, you know, and I don't know any reports about that, but I just felt like there was something off with Green Bay and Aaron Jones that he was for sure going to walk when they didn't put the franchise tag on him. And so I, I'm really shocked, actually, that they ended up signing him for four years, 48. So 12 mil a year for Aaron Jones to come back in Green Bay. And like you, I thought the writing was on the wall. You draft a second round uh, running back and of all the things that the Packers need to spend money on, probably tailback would have been the thing that they would think, ah, you know what, we this is where we need to save some money and we can draft a guy and, and go elsewhere and go shopping. Uh, but that was not the case. Aaron Jones staying put. Yeah, I mean, uh, I get it. I really like the player. Might they regret that in two years, as some teams have when they've invested in running backs? Maybe, and then he's a cap casualty, or who's to say? But um, it, it makes them better today than I expected them to be. And by the way, Jamal Williams acknowledging now that he won't return to the Packers following Aaron Jones' extension. He said, quote, it's just sad that we won't be able to play together again. So that was a, a quote from somebody in the, the Packers media there, Jamal Williams. Now on the way out of Green Bay, Kevin Zeitler signing with. I love the way the Baltimore Ravens do business, too, because they signed Zeitler knowing that he's not going to count toward the compensatory formula. And that's always right. one of the teams that is on top of those type of things, what, where can you find an advantage? And for the Ravens, they sign a lot of players once the window has ended for free agents to count against the compensatory formula. They, they signed someone like Kevin Zeitler, who was cut, so he doesn't count toward the compensatory formula because he didn't officially uh, leave a team as a free agent because he was released. 31-year-old, he's going to be 32 very soon here, Kevin Zeitler. Uh, he's been a really good player for a long time. The Ravens obviously need a lot of help in the interior how much does he have left but you know a veteran need at a real need position for baltimore it's very ravens like like you said i mean it, it's a guy that they're very familiar with they played against him twice a year for many years and he played at a very high level on bad browns teams he was part of the 
the whole Odell swap, you know, Jabril Peppers and uh, Vernon and that whole group that went back and forth in two separate deals. Um, and this was a cap casualty because he's pretty expensive in New York. And I think they want to spend money elsewhere. They kind of leaves a gap to me in the interior of the, of the Giants offensive line. But it's such a Ravens move. You know, the comp pick um, equation had a lot to do with it. And I was very critical of the Ravens a year ago because I never thought that they properly replaced Marshall Yonda. And I think that haunted them all year. So many teams with offensive line needs. It's amazing. I go, when I was doing the mock draft, I was going through every team. And that's why so many offensive tackles ended up in my first 32 picks. And luckily yeah. there's a lot of really good ones in this draft. That I think it's going to help some teams replenish, except for, especially the good teams in the back half of round one. But I go through and I am amazed. And every fan base thinks that their team has the worst offensive line in the NFL. <laughs> and in right. reality, every team has big holes up front. I mean, that's just the way it is. So uh, I, veterans, cheap, expensive, draft picks, high, low. Offensive linemen, they're necessary. We just saw the first two, as soon as the window opened for teams to negotiate, were pass rushers. You got to block those guys. Yeah. Oh, without question. And uh, just back to the Ravens super quick. I do think there's a real chance Orlando Brown gets traded. You know, maybe he goes to Indianapolis as Costanzo's replacement or something along those lines and opens yet another hole for the Ravens. But um, I, I could see a lot of shuffling on the Ravens offensive line. But you're right. I mean, people think the Ravens are probably a perfect example that I'm sure after the Lamar MVP year with Yonda and a healthy Stanley People realized in Baltimore, yeah, we have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And then they look at it last year, and I'm sure the whole fan base, because, I mean, that's what it was here in Pittsburgh, too. This is the worst offensive line in football. I'm like, yeah, it's worse than it's been, but there's still 10 that are just dreadful. <laughs> you know, they're just looking for anybody. You know, a team like Houston trading for Marcus Cannon the other day just to add somebody else to the equation. And their line's much better than it was in than Watson's early career. So there's a lot of teams searching for linemen for a long time. And you're right. A lot of these tackles are going to get pushed up the board. Uh, speaking of offensive linemen, we have another one here. This is oh, former no. Minnesota Vikings guard Pat Elfline is moving on. It looks like... He's been disappointing. He has been. Yeah, he has been yeah. absolutely disappointing. Sort of a try-hard guy. I think he's just not somebody who's uh, really athletic in the outside zone game and not really a people mover, but I, I think he could be someone who could help a team out, and it sounds like uh, the New York Jets believe that as well. Let's see. No. Uh, so he's moving on from... Oh, yeah, I forgot that he was on the Jets. So he went from Vikings to Jets already. Pat Elfline looks like he's reached a three-year deal now. Three years, $13.5 million, $6 million fully guaranteed with the Carolina Panthers. This is according hmm. to Adam Schefter. So um, I, that's, I had totally forgotten about Pat Ooh. Elfline going to the Jets already. Now he is moving on to the Carolina Panthers as a free agent. Three years, $13.5 million with the Carolina Panthers. Case in point. I mean, it's, it's, the timing couldn't be any better to your point. Pat Elfline hasn't been a very good player. I mean, he was drafted pretty high by the Vikings. And never really caught on and never lived up to it there. I, I didn't know he was a Jet either. I'm not going to tell anyone, but I, I didn't know that either. <laughs> and it didn't make any impact there that I was aware of. But I guess I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention late in the year to Jets O-line shuffling. But it's a perfect example. I mean, if he's getting $13.5 million, and I don't know how much of it's guaranteed or whatnot, and he hasn't done anything, I mean, it's a nice time to be an O-lineman that can play a little. So if you're wondering how... 
Shaq Barrett can fit under that salary cap for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Looks like some backloading happening on this deal, getting some numbers on that Shaq Barrett contract. His cap number this year will be just $5.6 million, which helps hmm. the Bucs in their current cap situation, according to Greg Amon covering the team. So Jason Light doing some work there and, and doing everything he has to do to try to get the band back together and keep it going for another run with Tom Brady. And they might have some cap issues in the future but um, Godwin back for at least one more year on the franchise tag and Shaq Barrett now on a long-term deal that's going to get really expensive after year one if it's only 5.6 on the cap this year. I, I wonder, when this all clears up and maybe before the draft, will Tampa Bay be the Vegas favorite to repeat? I mean, are they a, a higher than the Chiefs? Are they higher than anybody else? I mean, the fact that they're rolling it back sure looks good for their chances. I will go check right now because there are some NFL futures at betonline.ag. And the last yeah, nice. I looked, I think. I bet they're increasing by the day. If either it's they so. already were or they should be right now because they're the reigning champs. And right now, Pretty the Kansas bad. City Chiefs have zero offensive tackles. And we saw how that worked out for them. So <laughs> right, I think we right. have to wait and see who's blocking for Patrick Mahomes before we can even say that the Chiefs would beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And seeing what the, the Bucs were able to do, uh, I would have to say overwhelmingly you put the bucks as the uh, the top seed going into this thing right i would think so my hunch is i'm not giving it a whole lot of thought and it's probably going to change every you know by the hour the the top competition the nfc might be a little tougher than the top competition the afc to get there it's it's a tougher route i think i would agree with that yeah. for sure there's I enough mean, of a challenge strong, with some but... good teams in the afc that's not necessarily a cakewalk but they're just more good teams in the nfc Right, the Seattles and Rams of the world and Packers and, you know. All right, I've got the odds for next year's Super Bowl champions, and it is still the Kansas City Chiefs, plus 550. We got plus 650 right after them for the Bucks. So it goes Chiefs, Buccaneers, Packers, Rams, Ravens. That is the top five for Super Bowl odds next year from Bet Online. I would take Tampa as of today. I need to see who's blocking for Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, they have, me too. That was, and, and look... It, what were the top five again? I'm sorry. Uh, it goes Tampa in order. One. Chiefs, Tampa, Packers, Rams, Ravens. Wow. I might have to put some bucks on the Bills if they're not in the top and, five. And the Bills are next. The Bills are six. They're at, actually, they're tied. They're, the Ravens and Bills are both plus 1,400. Okay. Yeah, I still might put a couple bucks on the Bills while I'm thinking about it. And yeah, I think the, the Bucks. speaking of bucks, should be first. Yes. Bucks today should be first. I agree. No doubt. Because they've already... Got it started bringing everybody back. And uh, not only did the Chiefs have injured offensive tackles, they don't even have them on the roster anymore, period. So they couldn't even get healthy to play if we're looking at the Chiefs going forward. So maybe Trent Williams signing would swing that and he's your guy blocking Shaq Barrett. But um, right now today, Tampa Bay Buccaneers should be in the top spot. I agree with that 100%. Love it. All right. Elf line, Shaq Barrett, Okwara. We'll see what other news there should be tons of it happening over the course of the next 24 hours we'll have everything broken down from day one and the start of day two free agency right here peacock and williamson